So I want to take you to John. I want to move as quickly as possible. John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5 in the English Standard Version, just an easier version to read. And the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. All translations say that. In the beginning was the Word. And when he says that, let me give the, define it. The Word he's talking about is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. He may not look like the one that hung on the cross on Calvary because that was God in flesh, but he was there. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, watch this next phrase, was not anything made that was made through the Word. Jesus, the rock, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Then if you'll move down to John 1, 9, John 1, 9 through 18, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. How many people know that's sad? His own people did not receive him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. King James says the sons of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh. Here it is now. Now he becomes the one you see hanging on the cross. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John, which is John the baptizer, John bore witness of him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now watch this. For the law was given through Moses. How many know the law was flawed? For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth, and thank God we're living under grace and truth. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the only God. Who is he talking about? Jesus. No one has ever seen God but we could say but Jesus who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The rock of ages. Now, I want to take you to a time, to a man that was born in A.D. 69 A.D., he perished somewhere between 155 and 160 A.D. His name was Polycarp. He was the bishop of Smyrna. You remember reading in Revelations to the bishop, to the church of Smyrna, to Philadelphia. He was the bishop of Smyrna. And because of his relationship with God, he was put to death because he would not recount or renounce the rock. Jesus Christ. So around 86 years of age, and different people vary on his age because they couldn't understand if he was saying, uh, I'll read to you in a minute, whether he was talking about his time of service for the king, Jesus, or, or it was his entire life. So it doesn't really matter, but at around 86 years of age, he probably 
was the last surviving person to have known an apostle. Who was he? He was John, John's disciple. He was ordained by John. John. Matthew, Mark, Luke. John. He baptized him and ordained him a bishop over Smyrna. Here's what Polycarp wrote. Then I'll read to you the last statement he made before he died. And remember, they, write, they wrote a little differently back then. For which reason he, parentheses, God the Father, that's who he's talking about. For which reason he sent the word that he might be manifested to the world. God wanted the world to see. And he, being despised by the people of uh, the Jews, was when preached by the apostles, believed on the Gentiles. This is he who was from the beginning, who appeared as if he was new. Remember, he appeared as if he was new and was found, though, in the old places. He says, was found old. And yet, who is ever born afresh in the hearts of saints. This is he who, being from everlasting, is today called the Son, through whom the church is enriched and grace widely spread increases in the saints, furnishing understanding, revealing mysteries, announcing the times, rejoicing over the faithful, giving to those that seek by whom the limits of faith are not broken through nor the boundaries set by the fathers passed over. This is what he believed. At his death, they're going to kill him because he would not give up Jesus. He said these words, for 86 years I have served him. For 86 years I have served him, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my savior? The rock. This man literally died, and he did no wrong. Let me tell you, they tied him to the stake and, and set him afire. Something happened. The fire would not burn him. The fire would not consume him. So because the fire would not consume him, this is all written. This is history. They pulled out a sword and struck him through the heart so, they could, so he, he would die. Now listen. I asked the Lord this morning, Lord, why? Why is it? The fire didn't consume him, but the sword did. He said, it's simple. Fire is, is, a God, uh, fire is a God thing, and the sword is a man thing. What do you mean? You see, fire is one of the four major elements created by God for his use and purpose. So when the fire would not burn him because it belonged to God. It belonged to what he made. The element was made by him. It could not burn that man. Where else is that found in the Bible? The three Hebrew children. When they went into fiery furnace. And that tells me why. The element could not burn them. But the sword made by man had to kill the man. Are you with me now? So you have to understand man has a choice. I choose the rock of ages. I choose the one that can, I can walk through the fire and it will not burn me. 
I can walk through the flood and it will not drown me. I can walk through the hurricane and it will not move me. I can walk through the tornadoes. I've been in tornadoes. I walked from my father's house one day and my dad was standing with me as the tornado came down. Uh, it was tearing up everything. And it came right over the top of our house. And my father raised his hand and said, Lord, lift up that storm. And when it got to our house, it lifted up. It went over our heads, and I ran to my house because I lived at that time close to him. And it went over our heads, went back past our property, dropped back down, and took off again. Why? Because God is in control. The elements are in his hand. The difference in the elements and you, you sitting there, you have a will and the elements don't. That's your free part. People have a choice. Fire is a God thing. The sword was a man thing. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same today, yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean to you? He doesn't change. He doesn't change because... Some theologian wants him to change, or some philosopher wants him to change. He doesn't change because some president wants him to change. Jesus is still going to stand when they're all gone. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the rock. He never changes. He is unchangeable. Everybody say unchangeable. So nothing will ever change who he is. And Jesus, here's the good part, and Jesus, this rock that never changes, will stay right with you through hell and high water. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, the Bible says. He'll never let go of your hand. You may go through the fire, yes. You may go through the flood, yes. But let me tell you something. If he's on your side, you're going to walk through it. And yea, though I go through the valley, the walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He didn't say you wouldn't walk through it. He just said you're going to get on the other side. God help me. So many people have missed the truth. We think that there's no process in life. There is process. Romans 8, 38, 39, in keeping with he doesn't leave me. He's by my side. I'm going to confess to you today, if it wasn't up for the Lord Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be here today. I'd already been gone. There's too many times I could have been gone. I would have been gone. But Romans, because he was with me, Romans 8, 38, 39, for I am sure. King James says, for I am persuaded. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you hearing me? Nothing can separate you. You say, well, I've sinned. Listen, your sin is not greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. I've heard him say, I've done some things, Bishop, you don't even want to hear. I said, well, then don't tell me. But your sin cannot be greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. Because every stripe that he bore in his body spoke to the sins of mankind. Everyone that has ever seen Jesus or touched Jesus was changed. Everybody. What do you mean? Well, it's, I, 
take you to scriptures, but you know, he prayed for the blind. And the blind, when they got close to Jesus, they were healed. According to your faith, he would say, be it done unto you. And they were healed. You say, Bishop, do you believe that that can happen today? I prayed for babies that were blind that were healed. I prayed for, for a child in, in, over D4 Road, you may remember, couldn't, it was deaf. And God restored his hearing. I'm telling you, when I tell you, when you touch Jesus, things begin to happen. Things change. The lame, although they're lame, I've prayed for lame people before and got them up out of wheelchairs before. And of course, because their will was, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with our whole being, and they got up out of the chair. But what I'm trying to say is, when you come into contact with Jesus, the lepers got in contact with Jesus. And what did he do? There's ten lepers. He heals all of them, but only nine, uh, one comes back and thanks him. I don't want to preach on that today. But that's really a symbol, Gerald, of the church. That speaks to the church today. Everybody gets blessed, but only a few ever come back and say, thank you. Matter of fact, Jesus was terrible at funerals. Now, let me read this to you. He was just terrible at funerals. I think this is in the King James Version, but Luke 7, 11 through 15. Doesn't matter what version. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man. There's a funeral procession going on. Carried out. The only son of, of his mother, she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And said to her, weep not. He messed up a funeral. He messed up the funeral director making any money. And he came and touched the buyer. The funeral buyer. He came and touched the buyer. And they that bear him stood still. And he said, young man. Because he said, old man. Some of them had gotten up too. He said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. Now, here's the part that turns me on. The rock speaks. And he that was dead sat up. And he that was dead sat up. You got to catch that in your spirit. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. That's powerful. That's the rock of ages. That's the one that never changes. And you say, well, will he do the same thing today? He's not changed, Pastor Kenny. He can give you a new heart. It's according to what you want. It's according to what you desire. That's just what it is. I've always wanted to make a difference. Has anybody else wanted to make a difference in life? I've always wanted to make a difference. But you know, if you're going to make a difference, you've got to be the difference. I've always wanted that, but I find that there really is no difference outside of the one who gives the abundant life. There is no difference. There's no way I can make a difference, a positive difference, without Jesus Christ. He is the difference. Say that with me. Jesus is the difference. Even though I would make mistakes, has anybody made any mistakes in here before? We call them sins. I have. Even though I would make mistakes in life, which I've made plenty of them, 
It was still in my heart to do good and to be an example. It was still there. What do you mean? I have always wanted a church of power. Always. I wanted a church that offers shelter. A church that offers refuge from the powers of darkness. And from the systems, systems that bring destruction. I've been active in ministry for over 50 years and I have observed good people. Good people. Some of you have watched it too. I've observed good people with good intentions. Good intentions fall short of their goals both spiritually, physically, and secularly. They had good intentions, Dr. Latadoy. Good intentions doesn't get it done. I had good intentions to pass my exams. High school and college. But I found out something. Good intentions don't cut it. You got to do some work. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the words of truth. That's your free part. It's not on the screen. So I started to think on this, and I wanted an answer. What makes a person or a church like this take a, a person or a church like this take them from mediocrity to greatness, from less to more than? And the word came to me years ago, this word, revelation. Yeah, I've read revelation. That's not what I'm talking about. Although, when you read revelation, it, it actually says in the beginning of the book, look at it, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. But most people miss that. By that it means it covered him from beginning to the end. It talked about Jesus. But the word in the Hebrew means the appearing, <clears throat> the revelation, the appearing or the coming or the enlightenment or the manifestation. It means I want to see who he really is. So what makes the difference? We have to see who he really is. Paul, then Saul, was persecuting the church of God. He was killing them. He was a murderer. The great Paul that wrote most of the New Testament. He said in Galatians 1, 9 through 16 in the ESV. Galatians 1, 9 through 16. As we have said before, so now I say again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you've received, let him be accursed. For now I am seeking... For I am now seeking the approval of, am I seeking the approval of man or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. But I, here we go. But I was taught it, I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. When he got to know him, he got to know what he meant, what he felt, what he wanted, what he desired. I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age. He was trying to climb that ladder. Among my own people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of the Father. There's preachers right now. There's preachers right now that are preaching a message 
that's out of tradition. It's not out of what God is saying. And it doesn't even mean if it's right. I heard a preacher say, I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm right. I've preached it so long, I've got to continue preaching it. Did y'all hear what I just said? That came from his mouth. He said, I've preached it so long, I've got to continue preaching it. Let me tell you, if you've got a better way to do surgery on me, I want it. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Same thing in ministry. Somewhere you've got to realize that what we were taught back 30, 40 years ago was not the whole counsel of God, was not the whole truth because we couldn't handle it at that time. Does that make sense to anybody but me? I'll leave that there for you. But when he had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anybody. He said, I didn't talk to anybody. I had a revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul was changed in a moment. Has anybody else been changed in a moment? There's several of you sitting here I know was changed in a moment. He had a revelation of Jesus, and that moment he touched the rock, everything changed. But you hear this, there's something more than a Jesus we see in a sermon or a lesson. Something more to him. There's something more than a name we use in the closing of our prayers in the name of Jesus. There's something more than that. We will have no power and certainly no victory. No power, no victory if we only know Jesus in a parable, a fable, or a book. And most people sitting in churches only know him in a parable. That's all they know Jesus about. Y'all hear me? They know him in a parable. They know him because he, he was in a Sunday school lesson. But when they get up and leave, they've got the Sunday school lesson, but they don't know he who they were talking about. And sometimes the teachers didn't even know who they were talking about. But once you have a revelation of who he is and what he can do and how he wants to work in your life, your whole life changes, Jason. Your whole life changes. Am I making sense to anybody here today? We have to have a revelation of the rock of ages. Let's just say you were looking for a relationship. Now, let's say we're all looking for a, a relationship, man, woman, boy, or whatever it is. I can read about someone. I can listen to stories about that person. I can even look at pictures of that person. And I've seen some beautiful people in pictures. But that don't do me no good. But I will never know that person unless I see them, I hear them, and I touch them. So you might have a love affair, a long-distance love affair where y'all are writing each other and, and, and FaceTiming each other. But you don't need that kind of FaceTime. You need real FaceTime, up close and personal, because you're never going to know that person until you get close to them. You say, I don't believe you. <laughs> it's the truth. I have to hear them, see them, touch them. There has to be. With Jesus, there has to be a hands-on revelation of that person before I can truly know them. Is that right or wrong? I started to see the power that we can have, the power that we can have, being nothing more than a story or a hope. 
We can have it, but it's a story, Floyd. It's just a hope. Unless we have a hands-on relationship with a revelation of Jesus Christ. Then things change. Saul was a man of great education. So many of you sitting here don't realize how educated he was. He knew the law. He was a student of the law. He was a man that wanted to do the will of God. He persecuted Christians because he thought he was doing the will of God. Paul persecuted Christians. He thought he was doing the right thing until Acts 9-5. And he said, who are you, Lord? And knocked him off his donkey. And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. You're persecuting me. And at that moment, Saul had a revelation of Jesus Christ. And he changed to the man we call Paul. The rock of ages changed him. Paul has a hands-on revelation of Jesus. That's what I'm trying to say today. We have to have a hands-on relationship with the rock of ages. So if we are to be great, if we are to do great things, we must be, see, see the healer of broken hearts, the mender of shattered dreams. We must get to know our elder brother, the Bible calls him. We need to get to know our elder brother, this man, God in flesh. The one that gave his life so that we could live. So your desire, say my desire, has to change from attending the house of the Lord to being, to being the house of the Lord. We have to change from just being taught about Jesus to walking with him and hearing him. We need to start asking the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. We need a revelation to accomplish the things he wants us to do. When I know him, I can call on him. Now, I can't just pick up the phone and I, I can't, what do they call that? Uh, uh, when you, no, when you pick up the phone, you just dial it randomly. I can't randomly dial a number and when they answer, say, hey, man, how you doing? They're going to say, who is this? I say, well, it don't matter. I'm just wanting to talk to someone. no. No, and they hang up. I'm not going to talk to anybody I don't know. It's ridiculous. So when you get to know him, he answers you. When I know him, he becomes my source. He becomes my protector. I have to know him more and more and more each day that I live. I need a revelation today of him. I need it. And if I need it, you need it. We must know Jesus. We must touch Jesus before anything changes. So this is the question I'll ask you today. This is the question I will ask the church today in closing. John 14, verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, talking to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say unto you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the work. So I'll ask this question. Do we know him? Don't say I think so. Do you? 
Or we make excuses for our lack of ability. We, we make excuses, our lack of ability, our lack of power. But the truth lies in this statement. Have I been so long a time with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Are you catching it? I mean, it's just fact. Have I been with you so long you still don't know who I am? He's the same one to heal Tony Walker. When we recognize him, then greater things will happen in our midst. See, for where two or three are gathered together in, he said, in my name, in his name, he's in the midst of them. But it's not just you calling on a name. You've got to have a relationship with that name. Big difference. Big difference. When we have a revelation of Jesus Christ, no matter what comes your way, you can know that you know that you know. Everything is not only going to be all right, but it will be all right in the sight of God and the rock of ages. So I w then you can sing, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to know that thou art with me. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I love you. How I prove you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to serve you more. Oh, for grace.